Welcome to the Advanced Women in Manufacturing Podcast, where we talk to amazing female leaders in Canada's manufacturing sectors. Advanced Women in Manufacturing is a presentation of Annex Business Media. Welcome to the Advanced Women in Manufacturing Podcast Series. I'm your host, Sukanya Ghosh, Editor of Manufacturing Automation, one of Annex Business Media's 14 manufacturing brands. Our guest for today's episode is Diane Rico, Chief Executive Officer of Rico International Group. Besides being the CEO, Diane also chairs the Board of Directors of Rico International Group, a diversified, technology-driven manufacturing company located in Lakeshore, Ontario, in Canada. The company leverages technology combined with a long history of manufacturing to supply innovative automation equipment and precision machining of large critical components to its customers in the automotive, transportation, power generation, aerospace, and other industries. Diane is proud to lead a diverse team of skilled and innovative people that help to support the community of Windsor Essex. She believes that Rico's support of other manufacturers also strengthens their communities and helps to provide critical economic independence and freedom. In this episode, Diane discusses her journey in the manufacturing industry, what keeps her motivated, and her experiences as a woman in a leadership role. Let us listen to the conversation now. Hello, Diane. Welcome to this podcast where we are highlighting the amazing achievements of women working in the manufacturing industry. Hi, it's so nice to uh, speak with you today. Uh, Dan, you know, I would like to begin with the very beginning. So, you know, when, how, and why did you join the manufacturing industry? Oh, it's it's funny, you know, you might even say I was kind of born into it. Um, right. I, I was so aware of manufacturing from a very young age. My father uh, was working as a toolmaker when I was born, actually, and, uh, because of that influence, I guess, in my family, I, I knew little things about it from a very young age. I actually even um, did some payroll and some accounting book work for the company when I was still in high school. And I officially, I guess, joined the industry um, when I graduated from the University of Windsor in the late 80s. And uh, that's when I started um, and could call myself officially a, a woman in manufacturing. Right. So, you know, it must have been very interesting growing up in your household, uh, did a lot of conversations center around the, you know, the business and its challenges. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> I remember. Um, and, and obviously, from an owner's perspective, is probably right. more the conversations I remember, because I was old enough to uh, understand some of them. But uh yeah, there was a there was a funny situation where um, I had brought home a test. Uh, I think it was a math test or something, and I had a score of you know ninety or something. And I was very proud of it. And my father asked me what happened to the other ten percent, <laughs> and I was quite offended to be honest with you at the time. Yeah. I was pretty proud of that ninety, 
But he did point out to me that when, you know, he has to deliver to his customers, they don't accept just 90% of what they ordered. They want 100%. So um, that was that was a sort of early business lesson. <laughs> right. So what is your current role at, uh, you know, Reiko right now? Yes, I'm the CEO and I've had this position since 2007. Unfortunately, uh, my father uh, died of cancer that year and that was the... Right the time that I stepped into the role. So what is your day-to-day like as, you know, right now heading uh, Rico and um, basically what is it that you enjoy the most about working in this position? Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, it, it's funny. Every day is a little different. Right. Uh, you know, as, as anybody um, who's in leadership anywhere knows um, sometimes you you get taken in a direction that you weren't expecting uh, for problem solving reasons or other things but I do a lot of reading and learning um, unfortunately lots of email to go through yeah but what I enjoy the most really is the communication with with our team members here uh, whether it's members of my management team who I most regularly communicate with but I also uh, do my best to get out onto the manufacturing floor and speak to um, our machinists and our assemblers and our engineers um, and controls programmers um, just to hear what's going on, what's going well. There's a lot you can learn from how a business is operating by talking to the people that are sort of on the ground, if you will, um, in the front lines, dealing with customers or dealing with um, production and uh I find that really interesting. And I think I think it also really helps when I do the other part of my job, which is sort of the analysis of our performance and the analysis of our strategy and saying, what are we doing well? Where do we need to improve? What could we be doing um, better for our customers? And uh, how could we uh, do things more efficiently? Um, and, you know, your company it works in the automation space. So I, I would very much like to know, uh, you know, what it is that captures your interest working with the automation industry, because it's oh, a fascinating space. So much. Yeah, so much. Um, honestly, I, I, I do not have a technical education. So for me, some of it's just amazing all the time that, we can go from the concept of we want this machine to do this thing uh, at a certain pace for, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. um, And that our people can go right from that concept to manufacturing and purchasing components and designing it and putting it all together, making sure it works and then assembling it on the customer floor and teaching their people how to use that equipment. It's, it's amazing um, to me. I love seeing, especially the challenges, you know, we sometimes have customers who say, I just don't, you know, we need to solve this problem. And we really, we've tried so many things. Um, And so we actually have a little R&D cell. And I love to see employees in there, because then I know, they're really got their creative juices going, right? They're testing, they're trying new things. They're saying, okay, this won't work, but could we do this instead? Um, And we do a lot of that for our customers too, to try and find them the best solution. Right. 
you know, you were talking about customer challenges, but there, I'm curious, have there been challenges that you have faced uh, over the years, um, you know, leading the company and um, how did you overcome them? Yes. Oh, I definitely had challenges. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I started in this role with a lack of confidence, um, okay. which is amazing because I, I really was able to sort of learn um, from my father for many years before he got sick. But I, yeah. I really didn't have the confidence that I needed when I first stepped into the role. I had so much to learn. You know, I thought I had learned a lot, but there was so much more I had still to learn. And another challenge was that I, I didn't have as many experts around me as I should have back in those days. And yeah. I was relying on some people and some of them were really capable and really skilled in those areas and others, not as much. So, so there was um, a lot that I would have done differently, I guess. So when I look back over time um, to try and develop that confidence a little bit faster, I would say it's finally arrived after all these years, but um, and, and even my learning, you know, I, I was very intimidated on the floor. When right. I first started as CEO, um, it's because it was such a foreign world to me. And the more I, time I spent there, the more questions I asked um, people who were doing the job every day, I found they were really happy to explain to me what they were doing and what was going well or what was not going well with what they were doing. And so I learned a great deal um, through those walk arounds, um, which is something my father had always done. I'm sure he didn't do it for the same reason, but it ended up being a really valuable um way to overcome that challenge of, of not really understanding uh, as well as I should have what we do. Right. Any any challenges that you would say that uh, exist today, uh, you know, working in this role or in general, because I know that the industry itself has, uh, you know, gone through some major uh, shocks in recent, yeah. very recent times. So, yes. yes. I mean, that's that's those shocks, I guess, are, are one of the challenges, right? The, yes. the markets and the technology are changing so rapidly. And yeah. I don't think I don't see that pace slowing down anytime soon. So um, trying to keep up with what's newest to best. Um, we actually were having a discussion recently about um, the Microsoft HoloLens glasses and some augmented reality application that we're looking at using for training our employees. And then the question became, well, are they going to continue, you know, manufacturing these devices? Are they going away from them? You know, and yeah, so much you have to think about, right? When you're yeah. trying to develop strategy and saying, okay, we can solve this problem with this, but what happens if, right? So yes, um, things like that. And then obviously a problem that probably every woman or anyone who's listening to this, uh, would have is not enough time you know there's so much to be done um and uh i'm because i'm a voracious reader i'm always yeah. you know bookmarking articles or uh, <laughs> saving uh recorded podcasts so that i could listen to them later and uh, sometimes it seems like they're piling up faster than i can get to them right um, yeah. And of course, finding enough great people, right? Um, Absolutely. Everybody's having challenges with uh, with recruiting and, and uh, finding the workforces that we need to execute all these projects. So I, I'd still rather have so much work that I have. That's a challenge. I'm okay with that, if that's the reason. Uh, but uh, yeah, finding great people is, is, is always, uh, always a challenge. 
Um, you know, interestingly, I uh, for podcasts like this or conversations, uh, 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 you know, like this about, uh, you know, when we are discussing, uh, you know, amazing careers that people have had, I always ask about their mentors, but um, you have had an amazing opportunity to be mentored by your father. So I would really love to know about how how that went and, uh, you know, how that shaped your uh, the way you are able to function today as the leader of this company. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was great. I mean, he was, he was definitely a traditional um immigrant he came from Hungary with very little um, when he came to Canada and although you would say he was a very traditional person he never I have three sisters as well he never told any of us that we should expect to have limitations in terms of what we can accomplish in our lives so to have a mentor like that is is a great start right he you know yes. whatever you want to do you can do that you just have to uh have to find a way and uh just by setting an example right i got to see him operate if you will to to lead a meeting to see how he respected everyone he he spoke to you know the janitors and and everybody in the organization when he walked around not just um select people right um yeah he always um stressed the importance of of keeping you know your customers happy and making sure that you met your commitments yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Out of curiosity, you know, apart from your father, have you had any other mentors uh, you have worked with uh, in all these years or especially in the initial years of uh, joining Rico? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have had amazing mentorship from our board of directors. So okay. um, we've been a public company since 1994. And uh, I, I've had some amazing board members who've um, been very much mentors. Some of them uh, continue to today that, uh, that were back with us uh, even in the yeah. early days of my leadership and, uh, and some new ones who've become great mentors. I've yeah. also had um, the, the benefit of being part of a women's presidents organization group um, that was in right. Ann Arbor a number of years ago. And uh, although it was not set up as a mentoring um, type situation. It ended up being that, right? Because there were women who had been in their roles for much longer and had um, sometimes faced challenges already that I was coming upon. So um, they were very helpful in, uh, in helping me become the leader that I am today. That is amazing to know. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I cannot, you know, do without asking, what are some of your favorite or most memorable projects uh, throughout your career? Mm. Well, there have been two that really stand out. One is not in the automation part of our business, but we have a, a large machining business as well. And at one point in time, we had a project wherein we were machining 21 locomotive engines per week (laughs) so um, getting to that level of production it it kind of even blows my mind that there would be that much demand uh, for locomotive engines but um, yeah that was that was amazing that we were able to do that in a relatively short period of time to ramp up to that level that our customer needed and the other project is is in our automation division um, and it's a relatively recent one where we we designed a flexible machine um, that will allow 
uh, punching and welding of, of fascias and bumpers uh, for our customer in sequence. So they have a very high product mix and this equipment um, allows them to, to do that mix all in sequence without having to have all separate standalone machines. Um, and I'm pretty proud of that one too. And what would you say, according to you, is your greatest achievement till date? Ah, that's funny. I <laughs> guess I guess it depends where you want to look. If you want to look yeah. at my personal life, I would say it's it's raising um, my three amazing uh, daughters who are who are women themselves right now that I'm very proud of. Yeah. But uh, at work, I would say leading our company so that we could evolve because um, we needed to. Um, if, yeah. if we hadn't evolved over the years since I started here, um, we would have become obsolete and possibly might not even be here today. And and some of that was very challenging and had a some big struggles with respect to um, people and money and everything. Um, but uh, I think being able to bring us to where we are today so that we are an evolved company from, from when, we, when I started is, is what I'm most proud of here. It, you know, this is in a question uh, I would like to ask. What has it been like as a woman in this industry? Uh, well, initially it was very intimidated. intimidating. Intimidating. Right. Um, you know, I... I had a lot of people who wanted to give me advice and I didn't know anything. And, you know, maybe they were right. There was a lot of things I didn't know back then, (laughs) but um, that was, that was a little tough. Um, I even had um, one of my early days on the job. I had a supplier um, take my business card and look at it. And he said, Oh, so you married into the family, did you? (laughs) Oh my which was um, kind of an awkward moment since I was not married at the time. And this was yeah. uh, my, my, my maiden name anyway. Yeah. Um, and I also, you know, had a challenge because I, I didn't network a lot and right. I don't know if, to be honest, if the networks even existed back then, I, I'm a kind of an introvert myself. So I'm, I'm not the kind of person that's usually out there, um, socializing with tons of people all the time anyway but i either the opportunity either the opportunities existed and i didn't know about them or they didn't exist back in those days and and it always seemed weird to me like it's not like i could go golfing with the guys you know if i had a husband and kids at home that never seemed like it would fit well with my with my life values and things like that um i mean what would you say were, were, were there any obstacles or bias although you did mention this one example but any particular bias over the years that you faced as a woman and how do you deal with them you know i've been thinking about this a lot because I've, yeah. I've i've been asked this question before and i and i also um confidence is is really underrated <laughs> right and when you lack that yeah I think you project that too and I think as a result people treat you the way you project yourself to be so if you right. project yourself as being confident and understanding what's going on and worthy of contributing to a conversation in general I believe people will also see that and respect you and include you in a conversation yeah 
And so I think that my own lack of confidence probably created situations where I didn't feel like I belonged. And I saw that as a bit of an obstacle. And it really wasn't until I started to develop some of that confidence and ask questions and um, think about participating in different discussions that yeah. I developed it. And then it, it the obstacle seemed to go away. So I, I kind of think a lot more of the obstacles are created in our own heads more than they actually are existing, right. to be honest with you. But, I mean, there's another question I'm really curious about is, um, do you think the industry has, uh, you know, evolved or changed for the better in uh, over the years uh, since you took over or since you, you know, even joined the company? It, yes, I, I would say yeah. that's one thing that I've noticed is that in early um, events that I did attend, I was one of very few women in the group. Right. And I would say that since then, that has really changed. I'm starting to see a lot more women in leadership roles. I'm starting to see a lot more women in purchasing roles. And even on the plant floor, you know, if I, right. if I walk through our machining facility right now, there are quite a few women out there um, that weren't there a number of years back. So that's a great thing. I think I think things are improving for the better that way. And how important would you say it is for women who have, uh, you know, overcome these obstacles to be able to support the other women who now are sort of getting their footing into this industry. Oh, yeah, we we, we owe it to them, right? Um, yeah. You know, and I, I don't consider myself a trailblazer by any means, but I've, I've spoken to some of them and sort of heard their horror stories. Um, right. There's a woman, uh, there's a woman named um, Marina, Whitman von Neumann I can't remember which sequence her, her names are together but um, I met her and she was one of the early yeah. um, board directors and leaders at General Motors and um, she when she went for her first interview after graduating university they looked at her hand and said oh are you engaged to be married and she said yes and they said well I'm sorry we don't hire married women or women who are going to be hired <laughs> Um, and so I look at a situation like that yeah. and think, wow, okay. <laughs> right. I didn't have to deal with that. So it's yeah. not so bad. Um, but yeah, obviously, the more help that we can provide by, um, yeah. you know, having leadership, for example, my my director of, of people and culture, she's, um, yeah. you know, on side with me in terms of let's, let's interview some of these uh, other candidates who um, might not have all of the you know, yeah. listed capabilities on their resume, but might be a good fit. And let's give them a chance and let's look yeah. at it. I mean, we've got some great people who've developed from, you know, a really basic role into something yeah. a lot more uh, elevated within the organization because they've shown that they're willing to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Dan, I also want to know, like, you know, what would what advice would you give to company leadership, whether they are men, women, but generally companies, um, in a leadership um, roles in any companies, what advice would you give them to make their workplaces more equitable? <laughs> that's a that's a that's a good challenge. I mean, yeah. I'm proud to say when I walk around that we have right. a, a very diverse workforce. 
And I think the important thing, and we all, not just leaders, but every one of us within the organization, the way we make it a, continue to stay a diverse workforce is that we have yeah. to respect each other and we have to respect Absolutely. our differences yeah. and understand that we're all here to do a great job. And, you know, we may not understand each other a hundred percent for many reasons, but that's okay as long as we can work together and as long as we can um, get the job done, if you will. Um, we do a lot of events to try and bring our teams together outside of work as well. You know, we've got a family picnic in the summer and yeah. um, usually a gathering uh, around Christmas time, uh, yeah. like a dinner dance kind of thing. And I think that gives people a lot of opportunity to see their co-workers outside of the work environment and be able to recognize that, you know what, we all want to be happy and we all want to have fun and we yeah. all want our children to be happy. And, um, and those things are helpful in terms of making it a, a workforce where um, people feel comfortable, right? Because yeah. if you feel excluded, it's yeah. really tough to really tough to show up every day. Absolutely. And, and uh, what advice would you give to the next generation of young women who are trying to enter into this industry or who are very new in this industry and trying to gain a footing here? Mm, I would say go for it. I mean, we need more of you out there. Yeah. Um, if you're still in high school or elementary school, try and find a first robotics team. Get on it. It doesn't matter what role you're in. Just get on it. Right. I've seen so many great kids that have come out of the, that program. Um, don't be afraid to try new things. And if you make a mistake, that's okay. You know? Yeah. Develop and a good network yeah. of all genders, you know, um, wherever you can find experts, ask them for help ask them for advice uh people are always willing to share um and i feel that can accelerate your learning so much more quickly um you know even just asking someone about opportunities right i, I think yeah. i might like to do this um i i can't think of too many companies that wouldn't say all right why don't you come in and shadow someone for a day and and see hey. what it's like you know yeah um, it's not really a lot of risk on anybody's part and yeah. you can learn maybe this is the place where you you know belong absolutely so before we sign off from this podcast any final thoughts that you would like like to leave the listeners with oh, just that <laughs> it's really important that we continue to um to promote automation and manufacturing it's it's going to be the secret to our continued freedom if you will as as a nation and as a, a region yes. to be able to produce our own stuff and to be able to support our own economy um, right. because if we get too reliant on it coming from other parts of the world um, yeah. and we are at risk and and the more smart energetic people that get involved in this um, yeah. the better we're going to do I, I think it's great for individuals as a very fulfilling career path but I think it's yeah. also very important for a way to give back to the country absolutely wonderful thank you so much for your message Diane and thank you once again for joining us for this podcast on women in the manufacturing industry in Canada thank you it was my pleasure <laughs>